Okay, we're back for round two. How are you boys doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. How about you? I'm fine. Oh, you sound there. I am absolutely loose super. <laughs> Thanks for asking because this uh, this time I've been up for longer than 10 minutes, <laughs> unlike when we did the last one. That's always a good thing. Classic camera in a bit, there. A bit worried that last time people will have grown used to me having a low, sexy voice. And this this week, it's my... I can uh, guarantee no one is going to get one. used to anything to do with you, mate. <laughs> okay. okay, here we go again. Round two of Nightmare Cinema, where we have a look at horror films and we decide if they are indeed Nightmare Cinema or a certified nightmare. Today, I am championing the absolutely fantastic in every single way, Hellraiser 1987 by Clive Barker. I hope we've both, both watched it. Otherwise, this is going to be a very short podcast. Okay. <laughs> Gentlemen, first impressions. Johnny Cameron, go. Oh, my first impressions of this film. Um, you know what? It was weird because I watched it about a month ago. And when you said, when you said, we're doing it <laughs> this week. Okay, bear with me. So I thought oh, it's too far away to, for me to watch it again <laughs> because I know what happens and I'll get bored. And, you know, so we're going on. I mean, I remember almost most of it. Um, I. And when I did go to watch it, because um, last time I watched it was the first time, the only time I watched it, um, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would, which I don't know what that says about normal <laughs> horror or what it looked like. Um, so the first thing for me to say is it will tear your soul apart. Um, <laughs> it's my it's my favorite tagline of any any horror film. Um, very inventive. I st- it's like 20 years on from being a kid I still call them baddies very inventive baddies <laughs> it is a cinematic cinematic homoerotic sensation that I have always wanted out of a horror film um, it's it's the best baddie out of them all monster I'll call them monsters instead the best monsters out of them all is um, the dude you can tell I've watched it recently and um, the dude when his his skin is not there and he gets brought back up from the depths of hell because that that's uh that's pretty scary I mean e- even though it was what in the 80s it, it looks pretty good it, it doesn't look like they've just covered him in strawberry jam uh w- yeah. with a few few ligaments on I like it very inventive tip top so so overall, very positive then? Very impositive. Very impositive? Fuck me. I've had half a can, it. sorry. Very positive. Um, aesthetically, very, very pleasing. Wonderful. Inventive. Variants within the monsters and yet still a central core of, of, of kink and leather. It's Judas Priest in a film. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and we'll leave it there. So next week, we'll, I suppose we've got to listen to you, haven't we, Sean? Go on. What are your blinkered ramblings? So my my first impressions of this were I was absolutely horrified and not in a nice way. Um, I could not understand why this is a much-loved film. You can't shake your head. I'm not shaking you on camera. So I? <laughs> I saw it. It's, <laughs> it's, it's seminal. Yeah, shit. So there's, I, I just, I didn't get it. I didn't get it when I first watched it. And I watched it at the weekend and then I watched it again just before. And then I started to pick out more, more little bits in it that I thought, oh, okay, that is quite good. But not my kind of horror. Um, the effects are not my kind of effects. It's not the type of story I'm really that interested in um, at all. I didn't really get much of what was going on when when you say sorry when you say it's not your type of film you know we talked about the exorcist last time mm-hmm. unless you listen to this on spotify on shuffle um which we do not recommend we recommend you watch them all in a chronological <laughs> order to really get the taste and feel of our personalities um you know what you said about the exorcist yeah um when it was it was it's you know virgin on real isn't it it's something that mm-hmm. you feel in the back of your mind, doesn't matter how sort of atheist or whatever you are, it must still you must still come come to terms with thinking, Jesus, that would be scary if it really happened. Whereas this Hellraiser is is so far Fantasy. removed. It, it's an old man with a little cube, um, 
Cube. Uh, opening it up. It's like a crystal maze, but, you know, goblins emerge. Um, <laughs> That's exactly it. It's, it's, it's absolutely it, so it, far and... from it. It's, <laughs> it's the crystal maze with goblins. You pair of sniveling wretches. That's how they described it on the re-release posters. I had a feeling today was going to be a big <laughs> argument, and that's what we've done already. We're about five minutes in, and we've already argued. But what I'm saying is Sean feels maybe that way um, because it's it's so far removed from reality that it's not your thing. Whereas um, things like The Exorcist and um, I'm going to mention it, uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, uh, the first one uh, at least, is it, it is something that, you know, it's within maybe the realms of more within the realms of possibility than uh, something a fantasy horror like this fair enough Mm, definitely you see how the way I make make sense when I've had more than half an hour um, to rub my eyes yeah (laughs) fair enough very varied first impressions there my first impressions are well my impressions because they haven't changed since the since I first watched it, it was it was after. Do you know why? It was after England versus Cameroon in the nineteen. The Gary Lineker died for a penalty so had, and took it. Yeah, so I had brilliant football and then a life changing experience. I miss the nineties. I really do. Good things happened to me then, unlike ever since when it's all been shocking and shit. But anyway, that's a, that's a that's a therapy session for a different time. Oh my god! Pretty much, yeah. My my I I have. Very, very documented opinions first. What I'll do is, just in case anyone hasn't seen it, then they're an idiot. But in case you haven't seen it, Hellraiser is about... I've read, I'm going to read the plot off IMDb because if I tried to explain it, I'd be here for five hours and I still wouldn't get anywhere near. So, a woman discovers a newly resurrected, partially formed uh, body of a brother-in-law. She starts killing for him to revitalize his body so he can escape the demonic beings that are pursuing him after he escaped from a sadistic underworld absolute bliss if i died and went to that place i would be a happy man that oh, you're scared of your own shadow that's true i don't think you'd enjoy celibate i'm that that doesn't scare me that doesn't scare that they'd just be my friends i'm scared of most things but this makes me this it doesn't make me quite as happy as the exorcist right i want to say i probably agree with everything that you both have said there even even the blinkered crap that you've just said sean it's it's in absolutely no way of a, a, a good film. It's got so many flaws. It's untrue, but I love it for those flaws. I it, it's terribly acted. It's poorly scripted. It's got weird production. It's got the overdub on it, which is just strange because they wanted to, as we said before, we wanted them. To, he wanted to open it up to an American audience, and they decided that halfway through the British film that was being That's made. That's the thing I was I was going to bring up. Um, it was Clive Barker. He uh, he wrote the original book. Was it called the the Hellbound Heart? Um, yeah. And he, I think he had previously had some work of his taken on, almost like uh, Stephen King, uh, Kubrick. Yeah, taken on by directors, producers, and he didn't like what they did with his uh, with his previous work. Um, so he decided to do the screenplay and sort of and do this. And I remember, yeah. um, I remember reading on Wikipedia oh, about five minutes ago that. Um, the um he knew absolutely nothing about film and then i think the producer also um convinced him to to yeah switch it to america so when sean remember when we were saying last week couldn't work out why it was like it's sort of british suburban but then americans and there's a lot of bad overdubbing um yeah it was like halfway through the film they decided to open it up for America. The whole reason that Clive Barker had this opportunity to direct, which is just unheard of for an author to have power, is because Stephen King said in a legendary sentence now that I've seen the future of horror and it is Clive Barker. And overnight he became this next big thing. Um, and that's what got him the 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 director and final script approval it didn't i mean you can actually tell it didn't exactly have that much of a good budget i think it was just under a million dollars which is a lot of money don't get me wrong and all that crap but well to make a horror film i mean not when you can make the center bites out of bits from being q i i i don't think i have no apart from that thing which chases um kirsty down the corridor kind of late on I have I have no problem with they, the special effects. Just, I think it's got some of the best special effects I've ever seen. 
you're living in a world where you in in the eighties where the, the the big things were the shining, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, Child's Play, the reanimator, Fright Night, Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, it does. It does. It did come out in the midst of like a massive interest in slasher films. So to to come up with something completely different. Um, which obviously he's already come up with it because he wrote the book. But to release a film that at that time, which was completely different, I get it why it was such a big thing for people because of how different it was. Like Pinhead and his pals aren't like slasher people, are they? they um, <laughs> to be fair, they don't, they don't even do much. Pin Pinhead and his pals well, yeah, sounds don't... like a sounds like a bowling alley. <laughs> they don't really do much, do they? They sort of chase Kirsty around and say things to her, and that's pretty much it. The person who they the person who gets every, the deal every... is, is Julia. She's the she's the the monster. Every true evil being lurks, doesn't it, in the background, and that's what they do best. It's like he does. Pinhead. His name isn't actually Pinhead, and he used to drive Clive Barker mad. Because they used to call him Pinhead. He's actually lead Cenobite. He was actually originally called Priest in the earlier drafts. And then when Clive Barker created a Hellraiser comic for Boom Studios, he corrected it and made people refer to him as Priest rather than Pinhead. Good lad. I think Clive Barker might be a bit weird. I think Clive Barker might be a bit of a weird fella, to be honest. That's probably why I relate to him so also, much. Do you know uh, do you know what the Cenobites are, are called? What sort of what order they come from? Say, say, gash? Yeah, order of the gash. What is that? I was horrified when I read that. I, th- I did, but this, but oh, oh, we're just listing reasons. I just want to say, I apologize for the stutter. I never knew I had. I'm trying to work on it as well. <laughs> I listening to the other one back. I couldn't. I sounded like a an eighties rapper. It's ridiculous. But yeah, I am working on it. Trust me. But that's that's one of the reasons I love it so much because it's just so in your face and it's just so perverse and it's like I described it the other day as a, a, a if it was a, if it was a kind of boy or a, or a person it, it'd be that dude that wears a leather jacket and rides a motorbike that you wouldn't let near your daughter or, or or every single 1990s black metal band it's just so in your face and so middle finger to the world that's that's what I love about it it's just something that's in in a in a PC cultured and eighties horror films where majority of them were quite easy going. It was Ghostbusters and Gremlins and Lost Boys that kind of ruled the kind of decade. And then you had this, and it was just if if ever there was a and I'm gonna swear here, so if ever there was a what the fuck moment in film, this was it. It's just got a rebellious nature from start to finish, finish and an over the topness which is everything I love. It actually improves every every time you watch it for me. I I cannot big it up enough. I Yeah, want... and this is something I don't get. I don't get this from I don't get this, John. Like I, it is a really poorly made film. It is a really poorly written film. And you as a student of filmmaking and creative writing love this and I can't for the life of me, understand the reasons why. Because it's honest. When I when I watched it the first time, when I watched it the first time, I wanted to turn it off because it was I was I was bored. Nothing was going on. The story didn't make sense. This fella's heart's under the floorboards, and he suddenly just comes back because someone dropped a bit of blood. Like what? I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. That's, that's very well explained there, mate. I like that. I, I like it because what it's, happens what is that why if he's been taken to this weird dimension to be sexually is, tortured is, why is his heart under the floorboard he escapes is, he escapes them you have to kind of like we like you do with the exorcist you have to kind of put your own work in it, I mean I like how ambiguous it is I like the way that they just say he escaped why the fucking hell would you escape under the floorboards of, the, of your old but house he, but he didn't he didn't escape because he actively didn't do anything. His whole escape plan depended on his brother cutting his finger on the nail and spilling blood on the floor. He escaped the Cenobites and then ended up there. That's all the escape is, is escaping the Under Cenobites. The yeah. God knows why he ended up there, but even that's rebellious. The thing, the thing is, though, you, 
you know in The Exorcist where they leave things unsaid for a reason. <laughs> I know where you're going and with this. They're actively doing it. I feel like in 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 Hellraiser they've sort of just left it and oh. gone. This, that's part yeah, of the mystery. Could, the order could, of the gas. Agree. <laughs> Very mysterious. I, I couldn't. I couldn't agree more. But that's that's where the flaws come from. I I I love it because of those flaws. I love it because in places it is just stupid, but I also love it because it's just so uncompromising. It's I mean, in the first five minutes, a fella gets dangled from the ceiling by fish hooks, and even that, although his skin does look like a Simpsons skin, it 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 looks amazing. Oh, just did the first stutter of the day. There. I, I I enjoyed that particular scene. I think it was very well done. It's one of those where I wish they would kept up that sort of uh, mechanics to the modern day instead of CGI and all that stuff. And obviously Saw, films like Saw, I think owe a great deal to this particular scene and particular film. Yeah, definitely. I think everything with it, with a kind of a scene in it where you go, I think everything is kind of born from this. But do you watch? Do you watch it and pull that face when you still see those to this scenes? day? Yeah, and really? then it's quickly replaced with a cheer mm-hmm. and a smile, and and the whole kind of masochistic sort of like there is no difference between pleasure and pain. It's it's just brilliant. I can't. I like that's where it all comes from. It, it come it comes from an idea that Clive Barker had that imagine if pleasure and pain were the same thing, and then he came up with that. That is the the work of someone who should be locked away. Thank God he isn't. And he's our very own Clive Barker because he's from literally over there. He's not anymore. He's got money now, so he moved to London. Like, do so. you know that? You must know that the story about Doug Doug Bradley, um, at the 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 rap party when um no one no one recognised him. Oh yeah, no one recognised. He him. didn't have fired, he yeah. didn't have all his pins in. He got fired. He got he got fired from his own film. Literally, the thing that everyone remembers from the film is him, and he got fired because he wanted too much money. Which, which film? Which one? Which sequel? Oh, something like Hellraiser Forty Three. There's been like there's four sequels, are there? Nine, ten, That's more than Jesus Christ. There's there's more than um, that's more than Jace, Jason Voorhees. You know, there's twelve of them. Real? No, that's mental. Oh. This is why I don't understand why you don't like it because Friday the Thirteenth is almost like in a completely similar vein. It's terribly acted, poorly scripted. Yeah, yep. the effects yep. are all crap. Yeah, but it's honest, and it's I, even I see the the kind of virtue in Friday the Thirteenth. I hate them, but I see I see why people like them. Do you hate them because they you scare know, you? They don't scare. They don't even. They don't even scare me. So the first two, the first two Friday the Thirteenth films are really good, and yes, yeah. the ones after that get a little bit yeah. progressively worse, like yeah. most sequels do. But yeah, I grew up with Friday the Thirteenth. I didn't grow up with Hellraiser, so I've got that nostalgic link to that. Whereas I don't have that with Hellraiser. So yeah, I can watch those films over and over and think this is shit. Or maybe that's what it. that's what John's got with uh, with Hellraiser. It, it, I mean, it's I the think only I, explanation. It's like me with the Star Wars prequels. No, that's beyond explanation. Um, there, there, there is a part of me that remembers. I mean, you do with all. I think that's why people love horror films because they remind them of when, especially the old, real classic ones. I remember going into the video shop when I was a kid, and I must have been about eleven, and seeing just just the cover of this, and thinking to myself, "That's actually terrifying. That is one one of the scariest things I've ever seen." And I'd already seen the film. <laughs> I I do remember seeing that on the the cover of the video in blockbusters, on the on the top shelf. When we yeah, first started watching horror films as a kid, and we we were young when we were, it was different in like the nineties, wasn't it? Like you could watch yeah horror films with your kids. Like we had, we didn't go to blockbuster. We had the Video Man, who <laughs> I mean, bear with me because this story sounds a little bit pedophile now. They probably wouldn't be able to do this anymore, but um they used to just come around and like, it was the ice cream man basically, but he had videos instead. It was crazy. Oh, you just used to rent cla- videos. That's a classic Kirby thing that, isn't it? It is very good. Me, um, me, me, dad, me dad used to get that and he used to get 
pop. He used to pop off the Alpine, man. Oh, people from KB don't call it pop. It was the At Lemo Man. He, he, he emigrated, didn't he? So it was like the Lemo that. Man. The no Lemo matter what man. he thought. That means something completely different nowadays. It does nowadays, yeah. <laughs> Go, going back to what I... What it, what appeals to me about it is I love it. It's kind of the first horror film I ever saw. I'm, the horror, first horror film that prided itself on being completely over the top to they, they wanted to make people turn away from it they wanted it to be crude and offensive and S&M laden and perverse and 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 a, a, an hour and a half of just blasphemy and that's that's what I remember the most about it it was like even in school it was like it was this taboo subject that no one could talk about and we used to talk about the fellow with nails in his head and because we didn't call him Pinhead, because we weren't normal. It is an overtly sexual thing to watch in school, though, John. Like, even other horror films like Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street, where there are little bits of, like, sex and, like, boobs flopping around. It's not, as, it's, not, it's not as overtly sexual as Hellraiser. Um, there's a difference, I think. And maybe that's why I was not exposed i'm going to use the word exposed to hellraiser <laughs> <laughs> as I, a kid i remember in my school we had we had a picture just a picture of uh of pinhead and the teacher found it and we got in so much trouble for it they found me mum like they told me mum said why has he got this and she was like he doesn't even know what it is secretly i was like he doesn't fucking do <laughs> i know exactly what it is what's the found him on carter <laughs> it was originally X-rated, and they tried to uh, cut. They, they had to take scenes out to make it R-rated. I think. Yeah, I read and that. There was a lot, they, they, a lot more explicit, a lot more explicit goodies yeah. displayed in the uh, the X-rated version. Of it. Is that available to to watch? Not that I'm interested, but you know, just. I think it might might be on the Blu-ray. Uh, I haven't heard anything about a director's cut. I know that because I would have it if it did, um, but. I know they had absolute havoc with the censors, and they were arguing and fighting for years after it. Even even on the on the the VHS cover, um, if if you had a look at the back of it, it's got this these two fish hooks in a piece of skin peeling back on the on the on the cover, and they said the the, the censors said you have to make that green. Mm. Why they have to make it green? I've got no idea because it was all red and bloody. Probably so less like and yeah, less less and like just, human and. Yeah, and just wonderful. But they had to make it green to pass the sensors, and uh, it it was just f- from from start to finish. But I think Clive Barker liked that. I think he was he was made up. It was like every every day he had an argument with the sensors. Every day the publicity would go up. So it was just like by the time it was released, people were just like, "What is this going to be about?" Um, I'm mm. even. I think it's even more uncompromising than the book, and the book's pretty bad from what I can remember, but. It's 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 like it, he's 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 so proud of what he's written, and this is why I love him so much. It's just he's just I I often fantasize about seeing him in a pub in Liverpool, and I'll just buy him a drink, and we'll just sit there talking about this, and he'll eventually get bored and get a restraining order against me. But we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. And he's just so happy with what he's done and he loves it so much. And he's just, I can imagine him on set going, no, I want it. To, I want, I want the fish hooks to go in here. And then I want it to tear him apart like this. And I can imagine him laughing and going, <laughs> or is maybe that's just me, but it's just, it's, it, it's just so, <laughs> I don't want to use this word, but I'm going to, it's just so joyous. It's just, it's like a celebration of gore and splatter and everything that, everything that, extreme that you take it put in an extreme film and put it in a mainstream horror film that's made for a million quid uh and in in london but populated by american actors mm-hmm. it's it, it it's such it's such a joyous bit of chaos and populated with ab with monsters and demons that are the actual stuff of nightmares and one bona fide horror icon it it to me it it do, it doesn't really get. I mean, there's there's there are better films out there. I mean, 
that goes without saying, but the, the, there's, there's nothing that makes me happier. Well, there's not much that makes me happier than this because it's just such a joyous romp. It's 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 everything I want from a horror film, even the flaws. And I sit there and I watch it and I look at the flaws and I go, yeah, that's what my film's going to look like because I'll forget to do that as well. So you were looking at the flaws and I was looking at the floor wishing it was over. <laughs> I was just about to say the same thing, yeah. Mm. You know, they um, there's been a remake plan since 2006. Yeah. And I think it's changed hands a multitude of times and it's never quite materialised. The last thing I heard was something a couple of years ago, but Clive Barker said he was going to he was going to write the remake, do the screenplay for the remake. I wonder if that's what they're going to do with the TV show instead, um, put it in in that. Rather than Just give it to me, I'll do it. God. What do you mean, God? Jesus. That's <laughs> for you, isn't it? I wrote, I wrote a, like a short, a short film for this in uni. Mm-hmm. I wanted to make it in uni. It was called Tri- Trial of the Cenobites. But I remember the tutors, and I felt, I felt this must have been how Clive Barker felt, because he just said, um, "Not only have you got the copyright implications, which I didn't really care about in uni. Now, now I obviously know a little bit better, um, but I didn't care about them then. I just thought, well, I'm in uni; they can fight my battles for me, which they didn't do. But um, well, you only paid him twenty-seven said, grand. What do you expect? <laughs> yeah, Pay, could have paid a lawyer less than that, and he would have won it for me. But um, it was um, they wouldn't do it on the uh, the grounds of ethics and morals. And I was thinking to myself, that was most that, that was most of your stuff in uni, though, as I recall. Yeah, I am Clive Barker, and uni was my censor. But unlike him, I didn't win. I had to make <laughs> some weird stuff because the um. The, the the when's the series coming out or supposedly coming out and on what platform? Because I say this, I think it's because, going to HBO. Because the Exorcist, yeah. what was the Exorcist series on? And I, oh, I hesitate Jesus. to start watching that because it was cancelled after two, and I don't want to sort of two series. Yeah, should be cancelled after the first. To be fair, was it, it was, was it bad? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't a remake though; it was a continuation. So it was like modern day, and she was like on a iPhone going taking a selfie with a fucking backwards head or something because that's what they do with with old ideas they bring them up to up to 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 a modern environment and it's just garbage. I think if you did if you did a version of Hellraiser now and actually and I love you Clive but and actually did it I don't want I don't want to say properly but you know what I mean when I say properly, properly. if you actually if you actually stopped being a leather jacket wearing rebel and, and trying to piss people off and made it so it was an actual film an actual story because you've got it he's got everything there and he's just he's just not got much of a plot to, to me it's like it, I was saying again it's like a it's like a black metal song it's just that's, that's the fundamental chaos. basis of having a film a black a metal plot. song like no a plot like that is where your film comes from it's not okay to say it's a boss film, but it hasn't got a plot. Well, it's not a boss film, then, is it? It's a version of a film because not all boss it's films a student need a plot. film. I, I don't it want is. to agree with you, but, but I kind you of, I kind of do. <laughs> it it does. It I mean, yeah, but it's it's just an incredibly well-made student film, and I love it for that as well. I just love its purity. If you wanted to do it now, and you put a big budget behind it. You could do it, and you got a real, like, gripping story in it. You could do it. I have no problem with the other with with this one. It's so simplistic, and it works for me. It works so well. Um, it, it's it's it, at its core, it's 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 just it's a it's a family orientated film with about four minutes of the family dynamic in it, what? and then it just it literally goes. How razor? Have we moved on to a different Are you film? Insane? And then it You're goes. Mental. It's got it's it's got the, the family dynamic in it for four minutes, and it's if is it Clive Bar- Clive Barker just says that's enough, that's that that is the family. It's done. It's 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 basically when Kirsty runs in and she says, yeah, and it's when Kirsty runs in and says, hey hey daddy, and literally that's it. That sounded so wrong, but anyway, it's as if he wanted to say, uh, he was going, he needed something to say about it, and he goes, right, I need to put something to do with the family in this. I'll have them hug. And I love that as well. It's another fuck you to, to, to the world. No, it's another crap and, bit of filmmaking, but go on. 
and I like the film. I have to agree. I have to agree with Johnny. It's it's awful. It's really bad. And do you know what? I don't understand the whole opening sequence where they move into the house and Julia's upstairs in the attic, absolutely fizzing in knickers over this memory <laughs> of having sex with her husband. His soon-to-be husband's brother on her wedding dress, we, we, which we've is a good visual, that, have we not? but very shocking. Like, well, no. <laughs> um, but it, what woman goes to an attic and just starts like, oh my god, she's so passionate about it, like she's virgin on orgasm from this memory. Whatever. <laughs> someone, someone, I was watching something before, and she said, and he said, um, he he, he basically went through the entire film. And what okay. what she did and what what and this and that and or everything that he went that she went through, and he ended it by saying, and it was all for a good fuck, and that was that's literally <laughs> it. That's all she misses. She just misses that one physical kind of side of it. All of this was because uh, Frank was good in bed. That was it, and that's what she's missing up there. And it I doesn't don't feel like she gave Larry the chance. <laughs> <laughs> she could have sat for Larry. Him. I mean, Larry's trying to have sex with her halfway through the film, and she's going, "No, I can't bear it. Stop it." That's um, because that's because she thought he was. Oh, gonna she should have gone with it if she's kinky. Jesus, <laughs> get on with it. They're brothers. It can't. It can't be that different. <laughs> and we cross that threshold yet again. <laughs> so here's the question, John. You know those photos that she finds in his tin. You know when they go upstairs and they find that he's been staying there. Are those of hair? Because I couldn't really, I couldn't. You don't see a face. Uh, no, you? they're just they're just of other women, and yeah. that's what makes her miss the kind of. But she takes them anyway. S and M, so. Well, yeah, I mean, they're gonna the the. It's like it 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 makes her jealous and miss it. It's it's kind of a it's a pain and pleasure thing. She they remind her of what they were doing, and then she's like, "Well, you should be doing it with me," and then she's jealous of of him for that, and. Th- Kind of like the, the the masochistic side of her comes in, and then it manifests her as these Cenobite people. Because she is, she is basically the true villain of that film, isn't she? She does all. Nice the point. Deal. I like that. She keeps it all together, and I mean, she does look like something from fucking Dallas, like, and um, she and that I was when she walks in, I was just like, oh for fuck's sake! But she does. She, you do immediately. She, at some point, she looks a little bit Margaret Thatcher. Well, that's ruined the she film does. for me now. She don't, you see? She she looks like her, those shoulder pads and that hair. Nah, she's a bit Maggie, yeah. <laughs> a bit Maggie. Saying that, but I was watching her film and thinking if she had sort of tried to lure me away on a business lunch, I'd have probably taken it. Would you? Yeah, but then that's just me. Is it because her eyeshadow matched the top? Is it because her eyeshadow matched their top? Have you actually just said that? Well, yeah, because that's... Do you know, when I saw that, I was like, wow. <laughs> wow. That was the shocking bit of the film for me. Yeah. Orange eyeshadow matching it. <laughs> Silky orange top. That was the shocking bit of Hellraiser. Okay. Where where do, where do you keep your Polaroid tins then? Full of photos? Under the mattress. Where do you keep your heart if it's not under the floorboard? Oh, in the John, where do you keep your heart? In my chest. Um... <laughs> <laughs> no, you meant to say you gave it to a girl long ago and you never got it back. Yeah, I'll do that. Oh, in the pub. that's like a country music song. Oh yeah, scrap it then. In that case. <laughs> so, John, you've not sold this film to me, and I thought you were going to. I'm no, I'm not going to sell it to you. I, I can't penetrate that steely exterior that you've got. You it's not steely but... exterior. I'm very open. So, um, so I've heard horror films, <laughs> but um, you've—I I don't know. I just expected you to say to me, Sean, these are your points, and these are why. This is why you're wrong. I'm just going to tell you why I like it. I'm not. I don't try. I'm mm. not the Catholic Church. I don't convert anyone. If you don't like it, you don't like it. You're wrong. But if you don't like it, it's fine. Mm. You're wrong. Well, you maybe you're wrong, though. Nope. Okay, so it's not the best film. Second viewing was a bit better, a little bit better. And it did pique me interest to sort of maybe have a look at what the second one was like. But if that's, I think you told me before, it was even harder to follow. What I would do, what I would do is I would give it one more go. But don't, it's because, I think it's because you have, because you 
pride the exorcist on and rightly so because it's just about perfect in every way and there's so many depths to it i i can i i can see through the, the fact that this has no hidden depths it has suggestions <laughs> of depths even then they're not even there it's brutal visceral in your face gore filmmaking at its absolute best and I don't I don't think it's just the fact that it misses layers like come on I'm watching bloody sister sister on Netflix before I go to bed because there's nothing else to do it's not about the lack of layers it's about how it was constructed and it it's not constructed very well and I know that that will probably make a few people angry because Clive Barker is like whatever of horror like a really big cheese and stuff but it's a shitly made film unfortunately and that's just the that's just how but it you is you can get but you, I agree that it's shitly made I really do but it doesn't mean that it's a bad film it's anything but a bad film it's fucking iconic in every way From and I'm, and I'm not just talking about the visuals I'm talking about yeah I kind of am because there isn't really much of a story in yeah. there but it's it because I mean I say that that it's not much of a story in there it's just because the story is so simple it's just people getting chased by demons. It's like a B movie. But... It's it's a it's a story which should be simple, and then they've mucked about with it, changed the location, the done the dubbing. Um, that it, it's a film that that should rely pretty much, and it would have been safe if it relied on purely its aesthetics, which gets it. I think that's why it gets a lot of its plaudits. However, the the construction of the film and, and the way it, it is like a student film, you know, it, it's a bit of a mishmash. It's a bit all over the place. And I think that's what, if you're watching it from an unbiased view, that's what detracts from it from being a film in itself. Mm. I, th- I think the aesthetics gets it most of the way, and all it would need was a solid, solid base. And it's just, it's, it's the floorboards have, have come away. I, I, I do think when if they do this remake, I do think you will get the film that you 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 want or the series that you want, a very kind of serious, uh, visceral horror film. That's that's very kind of um, what's the word I'm looking Good. for? Linear, and it tells us, <laughs> and it tells a story, and it, it the the story is is central. But I just love the chaos of it. I if it had a, if it had a story or, or structure, and I can't believe it's me saying this because I'm I absolutely tear films apart for not doing this. But this one just gets away with it because it's just got so much so much else going on for it. It's 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 fun and terrifying at the same time. It's perverse as fuck. It's it's just abject chaos. I, there's still bits now I don't even understand. What the hell is that tramp about? At I the can't end, even remember that. Turns into a Pegasus and fucks off. He he yeah. is he is obviously some sort of uh, benevolent archangel spirit from the Order of the Gash, who follows the the little puzzle box around wherever it may go, collects it and gives it back to the man that sells it to another person again. In the second, mm-hmm. I've not seen any of the sequels. I'm guessing in the second in Hellraiser two. Farewell to the Flesh, or whatever the hell it's called. That's Candyman um, too. They, yeah. <laughs> it's Candyman. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so in that, I take it that 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 bloke just sells the box to someone else, or does he just fuck off on a, a completely different tangent? Well, Julia is in the Haven't second got... one, so I don't really know how that works. But so is Kirsty, the the daughter. So the, the Ju- Julia, the act, the, the the same actress, or did he yeah, do a yeah. bit of a uh, no, Silence of the actor. Lambs? No. I can tell there's issues. I can <laughs> I can tell there's issues there, and we will get yeah. onto that in all due time. Sean, <laughs> when you just when you just said Hellraiser and Silence of the Lambs in the same sentence, Sean looked like he was about to that's vomit. Co- <laughs> that's how insulted he was then. It's a confused, confused hard on if ever there has been one. That's what the but that's what this film is though. It it, it is the, it's the a confused most, hard on. Yeah, the most confused hard on of all time with added blood and splatter and fish hooks and nonsense and chaos in it. Like all good hard on should yeah. have. And it's it's just <laughs> if 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 it was the film that you wanted, the roles would be completely reversed now and you'd be bigging it up and I'd be going, Yeah, it's fucking boring. I 
I like it. It wouldn't be boring though. I don't. I don't think it would just have a story, which is what I need. I need. If it was, if, if it had the story at the time, the only reason that the the the, the story, the linear story with the with the folk with the a well made version, I don't really like saying that. I'm sorry, Clive, but it's true. Would ver- don't say sorry. It's would, the truth. Would, would work now is because we have this one, and because we we would be spoiled if this didn't exist. I I dread to think of the world of horror. I think it'd be a fucking boring place. It benefits students of film more than anyone else. Um, is that a good or a bad thing? I don't know. But it made it... Does it benefit students of film? Does it not no, misguide them? No, it definitely doesn't. No, because I, no, I, I, I think it's a brilliant example. No, it can, it can be a brilliant example of how... Not to make a film. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. Can fall down and be potentially ruined if you don't do the basic stuff right. That's what he what he teach you football. Do the basic stuff right, and you're halfway there. But it but it you say fall down. It hasn't fallen down. It's iconic. Yeah, but it's, it's only celebrated. it's only iconic and celebrated by little fanboys like you who can't just let go of the fact that. It is it's a poorly hardly made celebrated. film. Fanboys. Fanboy, but, I, but I do accept it's a, it's a poorly made film. I accept all of its let flaws. It Absolutely <laughs> not. You're a poorly made friend, but I keep you around, that's don't offensive, I? That's John. It's all, that's about as insulting as it's going to get today because I've been working <laughs> on my insults to make them more PC. <laughs> but going back to that, it is it is a good point. But it... it poorly... Fanboys are what the next... What makes the next bunch of directors and filmmakers films like this the chaos of this and the and uh, and the, the direct the director in waiting that watches it goes i could make a better film than this you can't because you're never going to make anything as iconic as this ever but it does inspire people to try that granted that's not what clive barker wanted to do and but i think if he wanted to live on a legend on a legacy he would take that of of it being one of the most inspiring films of all time, it is. It, I'm not saying that's the only point of it at all because it's not. But the, the the a filmmaker will take the chaos of this film and go their own way with it, and that's that's what filmmaking is. I I don't care that it it's it's so flawed. I think it's just such a celebration. I feel like it's it's really really misleading. Is it's saying to film students, look at this <laughs> shit, and this is what this is all you have to do in order to get your film made. That's it. You don't have to think of a story. You've got a few sort of all right written characters. One girl who screams and legs it around a bit, and the villains who don't talk really. They have got like three lines between them, and the main villain is the. Stepmom, he did land. Once you look at the backstory behind how he got the job, then 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 you understand. If he was just a direct a hack and he and he got put in there, then then you are completely right. But he wrote the book. The book was a rousing success. Stephen King had his way with him, and that's and then it made him. That's what get got in the job. I remember being told a story once about Clive Barker arriving on the set, and he said. I think he said to the production... Does anyone know what to do? No, he <laughs> said it's, 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 all, it's, it's almost that. He walks onto the set and he goes, who's in charge around here? And they all went, you? And he went, oh, the guy had never directed a day in his life. Granted, you can tell. I knew you were going to yeah. say that, so I tried to get there. What, I thought, what was the most disturbing part, part of the film for you, John? Um, there's no one part. It's just all of it. It's 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 what it means. It's the sadomasochistic connotations of it and the perverse like theme of it it's it's just give us one what is the most perverse part for you the, 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 the one one of the bits that i in in like think about the most is when she kills the first person and she hits him in the face with a hammer mm-hmm. and his face is all mangled. Oh, and his jaw and it's when mm. it's when she leaves him in the room and the cat the camera kind of pans down past the door and this little spindly demon kind of Gollum. yeah and it waddles out like, crawls out and grabs him and starts pulling him away and I'm just like that is quite disturbing yeah when it when it starts pulling him away and the door closes it's just like that is just amazing that that is one of the very very few kind of 
you suppose you could call it conventional horror moments of the film. The rest of it's just mm. in your face gore. So Johnny, what about you then? What do you think is the most perverse part? It's all it's all perverse, isn't it? I mean, I, I will admit that it was it was strange when um that Cenobite in particular turned into a big monster and chased her down the air, the corridors of the corridors of gash, so we say. Or the corridors of hell. It's the order of gash. I don't know. So um yeah, I, I thought that was uh, a bit a bit a bit out of yeah, didn't really didn't really fit with the rest of it. But in terms of a favorite one, um, I don't know. I mean, when the when the flesh gets ripped off at the start, um, when when this when the Cenobites actually speak, because I think for for much of the film, after you've seen them, you're waiting to see what what they actually are, how they speak, what they do, what they're all about. Um, so there's a and you still don't well, know. There's a certain kind of satisfaction to. <laughs> To them, awesome. to them saying, uh, yeah, we, we we just love to wear leather and get freaky with it. Ple- and just watch ple- people ple- do ple- things that you don't actually Pleasure pain, the two, two sides of the same coin. I think the most disturbing part of the film is, yeah, Frank's obsession with his niece. And also when at the very, very end when he's got all the hooks in him, the... The thing where he licks his lips at her is absolutely vile. You know what I mean? I saw the smile on your face. John. <laughs> it's disgusting. Like the glistening of his tongue and his oh, it's vile. While he all <laughs> is all stretched. It's disgusting. That that little tiny bit horrifies me more than the rest of the film. I've like I've said before, you can have your hellraiser with the story and now just don't take this one away from me because this is no it. one wants it <laughs> <laughs> you can keep it it's fine <laughs> this is like everything I think a horror film should be just fucking chaos it's like an anti-film to me it's like it's it's I the only thing I can compare it to is a, is a, is, a, is black metal again it's it's just like it takes everything from like like black metal does it takes everything from heavy metal and makes it borderline unlistenable but at the same time it's a, it's a piece of art in itself and it's like this is what this does it takes everything that from from a horror film or conventional horror films or what we know a horror film to be and it twists it and makes it almost unwatchable and i think that's that's its absolute beauty the chaos of it is just its absolute beauty yeah but again not unwatchable in a good way unwatchable (laughs) because it's such a mess but that's the, Isn't it? that's what I like about it though. I like the fact it's a mess. I like the fact that you have to kind of really, really try and find something the story in there. And I know it's not conventional, but I I, I want it to be off its head. I want it to be just insane. I I want it to to, to to not make sense in places. I want to say out loud, what the fucking hell was that? What the fuck just happened then? That's what I want from I don't want it from every horror film, but I do think it's got its place. And I think the, the rest of the world thinks it has its place, you know, it being like an international icon. Not about, not just by fanboys, just by the whole world. But what we'll do is we'll do the most predictable verdict of this film <laughs> ever because obviously know where it's going. Right. Is this Nightmare Cinema or is this Certified Nightmare? Johnny Cameron, you go first. <sighs> oh, but- no, you go first, then Sean, because I'm going to have the casting vote, aren't I? So I think we know what I think. Walking, uh, you go first. Just keep it quick, okay? Certified nightmare. I still want to ask you why. Even after all that, I still want to ask you why, because I still don't understand it. Seriously? I know. That's, I know. <laughs> that's, that's that's how little I understand it. Cameron, certified nightmare or nightmare cinema? For for me, it is all the way nightmare cinema. Iconic, brilliant. Flawed, beautiful, gory, everything I want from a horror film. Nightmare cinema all the way. Cameron, the, deci- the deciding voters with you. The, le- the legacy of Hellraiser rests in your hands. The thing is, I can understand both points. And it, to be honest, it wasn't until Sean sort of went on about it where I really started to... No, I really started to understand what... It's a, it's a bad film. It's a bad film. It's made a bad film because of certain things production-wise. But on the other hand, it's... You are milking it's, this, it's, aren't you? Yeah, it's, it's, it's iconic. 
Um, everyone knows what fucking Pinhead is. Everyone knows what Hellraiser is. And some of my favourite horror films, some of my favourite films... Everybody knows have, Harold have... Shipman is as well. That's really the goalpost. Yeah. Don't interrupt him. You're eating the but witness. Certainly, you know, record books wise and, you know, documentary material. We are going to... Have... We are going to have to push you for an answer, Johnny, because we've only got like an hour. It is. It's nightmare cinema. It's got to be. <laughs> Joy unbound. Now let's stop and tell it. Unless you change it's, your mind. It's it's iconic in your face. It's walking. iconic, and it's 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 influenced so much. And I th- I, th- I think the the aesthetics and the just just the vibe of it. Just the gen- I hate that word vibe. But just the general themes, just overall. I don't care if it's a if it's a badly made film, borderline terrible film, but it is the the stuff of nightmares. It really is nightmare. Uh, maybe your nightmares. Ah, Not good, man. Really, the correct judgment was reached. Okay, Johnny, I'm more disappointed than you. To be fair, only because you prattled on for well, like a bloody long well, before well, we got Sean cries, cries himself to sleep on his huge pillow. Uh, that that kind of wraps up the night the nightmare cinema podcast episode two, which had the right outcome. Hellraiser. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to look in your eyes. Hellraiser is nightmare cinema. The definition of nightmare cinema. And somehow, somehow, a film with with no plot that's very very flawed, that's poorly acted, poorly scripted, weirdly produced. The, the the target market was changed halfway through the film. It doesn't really have an ending. It has ten of the worst, nine of the worst sequels you've ever seen. Somehow that is nightmare cinema. This is the beauty of horror films, and that's why some of them just don't make sense. Next week, Johnny Cameron gets to pick. We have no idea what he's going to pick. We are actually worried about it. We shall be back. Until then, bye. Goodbye. Bye bye, everyone. Jesus wept. <laughs>